You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Radiant Culture. I'm your host, Cookie Monster. And I'm Tana. Yeah. And we're back. Yeah, we're back for the second installment of the polygamy discussion. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really juicy last week. Yeah, it got a bit juicy. <laughs> got a bit juicy. I lo- yeah, man, wow. And I loved how um, the, 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 the theological discussion got going and, and the different viewpoints were coming out. Yeah, that was really something. I actually thought people were going to punch each other at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we thank God for self-control. Yes. Yes. And um, today we're going to be going into the practicalities of polygamy. Yeah. Hi, Pastor Craig. Hello, everybody. Hello, Cookie Monster. And hello, Tana. Hi, how are you? Excited to be here. Looking forward to round two. Yes. (laughs) It's always... (laughs) It's always a pleasure to have PC in the house. And Gabs, what's up? Hey, how are you guys? It's good, good to be back. Well. I'm so glad to be here too. So yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. excited. We're excited to have this discussion. Thanks. All right. So our first question um, today is just on the issue of lust, right? Can somebody who's a polygamist, or rather, does somebody who's a polygamist not run the risk of lusting after every woman that they desire and under the guise of being a polygamist you know just do it like you see a woman that you're attracted to you just go for it you know and you so yeah like i've always kind of wondered at that like how do you how do you draw that distinction between being driven by lust and i guess genuinely looking for your next okay conquest so to speak so it emanates from the understanding of what polygamy is um, and like uh, things that I've said before, polygamy is its own, um, if I'm call it rules or set up, understanding. First of all, the, we are not removing the doctrine of God, the biblical facts, scripture, what scripture says, okay? So that's why it's very, very important to understand what adultery is from this biblical scriptural uh, perspective. And then it applies now to a man like you're putting. So you, uh, definitely you can't be committing fornication. You can't be committing adultery. You can't be committing all those sexual immor- immorality sins, mm-hmm. if I may put it that way. So that's why we, there's great need to understand what polygamy is in the first place. And the people that are inclined or that are set up in that way or that when I say inclined, you know, that people that are polygamists, but now they're just hiding, okay, because what can I do? The society or the church now, these days, is, on, is only condoning monogamy. So that's why I probably would answer to say it's important to understand that polygamy, what does the Bible say to polygamy fam- families? What does the Bible say to polygamous men? That's why the way, to, just to quickly answer you on how does a man control, if you read the book of um numbers i have my notes here so for verification for anyone who wants to verify these scriptures that's why i put down uh, <laughs> the scriptures it says um when when Moses was giving out um the laws okay one of the laws um in in scripture it says do not multiply kings do not multiply yourselves 
uh, wives, sheep, um, gold, and all that. The question that was being addressed was the greediness of the what? The heart. Mm -hmm. That's why Solomon, when he started multiplying, he was already out of order, out of God's order, multiplying wives to themselves. And the second uh, sin that he did was to take women from a prohibited nation. Okay. 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 So now to put it, oh, sorry, you want to say that? Yeah, I wanted to mm -hmm. ask, so how does, how do you actually go about pursuing a woman without having lusted after her? Do you understand what I'm saying? You already have a wife or mm -hmm. wives, mm -hmm. right? So what is it that is drawing you or what is it that is different about the next woman that you want from the ones that you already have? Okay. Um, you do understand that um, for, uh, for couples, if I may put it that way, it's not just about sex, it's not just about money, but there's a lot of things that encounter in getting into a relationship mm -hmm. or starting families. We have that understanding, right? Mm -hmm. So across the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, there are different points where a woman was involved, different dynamics. In the cases of David, it was wars and princesses coming in, right? In the cases of Abraham, it was Hagar coming in as the wife and Keturah coming in. That's Abraham's situation. So we have different dynamics in how another woman comes into a man's life, okay? Okay, so maybe, so, let's, so, maybe let's bring maybe, it down okay. to you, right? right? Because I actually want so, us to... Can I just finish? Uh -huh. So when a, when a man... Okay. Um, I know this may be difficult for women, probably. Uh, my sisters to, to understand this. But it's a lie when it's said... When, when, when I know there's a virus like this lie when men say claim that I've pursued this woman because this woman is lacking something. Men just pursue women. It's, it's a man's responsibility. There's nothing to do with because the woman lacked in anything. Do okay. you understand so where I'm coming from? If, if so, it's immense responsibility. I'm taking it to the men's responsibility. It's not your responsibility. Supposedly, your spouse mm -hmm. is taking another woman. This has nothing to do with you. This is like a virus that has been spread, and women become bitter, and they feel void, and they feel their self-esteem is lowered because it's a lie. So, um, mm -hmm. how can you tell? What is the difference between a man taking a second wife genuinely? Mm -hmm. I think this is a question. Mm -hmm. And the men just hunting lastfully. Is there, is there mm. a distinction? Can a distinction yes, be made? Yes, there is. There okay, is. What, what is that distinction? Okay. I think that's the, I think that's yeah. the question. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You see, that's why it's important to look into scripture on the laws of Moses. The laws of Moses are addressing a polygamous set up with families. That's why there are laws that you shall not last after your father's wife. Father's wife is not my mother. <laughs> That's my, you understand what I mean? That's addressing that. Then you shall not last after your neighbor's wife. Okay? All those are being, all those, last is, is something that can be addressed as a different topic. So does so, last apply to single women? I'm married, I've got two women, I've got two wives, mm -hmm. and then I see another woman on the road. Mm -hmm. Is it possible for a person in a polygamous setup to last after such a woman, to pursue it strictly by last, or you're saying it's impossible for a polygamous uh, person to go after, say, a single lady, right? Mm -hmm. uh, out of anything other than genuine concerns. Good. Um, in fact, if I, may I ask what is last? Maybe we can, so that I see we're on the same page. 
lust is to desire someone uh, sexually. Let's, let's just start from a sexual yeah. perspective. Mm. You desire to 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 partake in somebody sexual, right? No love involved. Uh, generally, there's no love in yeah. lust. Right? Okay. Yes. Thank you. So if now here's the thing, Mufundi, uh-huh. uh, would you agree with me or anyone in this studio? Would you would you agree with me? Um, this I'm going to give an example. Someone who grows up in a in a in a in a in a in a location or community where they grow, for example, sugarcane or let's say bananas, and they grow up in that setup, are they so hungry for bananas, so hungry for sugarcane? I'm just saying, like for example, I'm just putting. If you live in the abundance of that stuff, uh-huh. okay, it's you have access to it. When you drive into town, are you going to say, "Oh my God, sugarcane! I missed!" Oh my God, are you going to say that? You are not going to say that. So, so what I, my point is. Uh-huh. I don't go around looking for women, okay? Even though I know by God's, it's God's, by, by, uh, God's permission if I want to get another woman. But why, why, why the reason of getting another woman should be the question. So lust applies, if I may put it that way, to just wanting to, for the sake of wanting to sleep with someone, that's lust and it's wrong. Both or from a monogamous point of view or from a polygamous point of view. Now, from a polygamous point of view, it's better now because from a polygamous point of view, like in my case, okay, I don't starve for sex. If I may put it blandly. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have adequate supply. I have adequate <laughs> and more. And even the Bible supports and God every time you would confront the kings and confront holy men, you say, I gave you all these women. So God knows every man's need he wants women. Okay. So oh. what I'm saying is like just the illustration I gave for someone who probably is staying in an area where potatoes are growing. So like if they find a potato on the road driving, they, they are going to stop and make it a big deal, which is different. You actually have a more desire to want that sugar. So yeah. from my point, to answer in a personal, from a personal point of view, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going around lasting for, for, for other women or other people's women because already I'm at a place where I'm content, where I'm okay, and where I know that even if I want another woman, as long as she's not someone's woman, and as long as she's a girl, okay? In, in the scriptural context, they will call her a virgin, right? Mm. As long as, because no record in the Bible of a married man going for an unmarried girl is recorded as wrong. All right, so I would want to understand what the motivating factor for you getting your second wife and your mm-hmm. third wife was. Because you are saying that no, no men ever go out because they are lacking something in their relationship. So if your relationship is full and satisfying with your one wife, what is the motivating factor for getting another wife? Mm-hmm. That's why I remember I answered earlier on and I said the, the motivation of getting another wife is not sex because I can sense everything is sort of like coming to that level. So there's a lot of things that take in to getting married. It's another topic of marriage. So to answer you in my in my uh, yeah. personal as a personal answer, mm-hmm. in my case, I've always wanted a big family. I'm a person of a big family. I've I, I think naturally uh, God has given me this gift to just be around a lot of people. So let me put it as an example. Um, I'm, I'm, my dad did uh, my my dad died when I was a bit young, mm-hmm. so I ended up taking care of my mom and a sister and my siblings and my mom's sisters. Uh, children okay mm-hmm. uh, i'm not trying to take uh, it's god's grace 
So I don't want to take credit for having that platform and that privilege mm -hmm. to take care of a big family. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then when I grew up, when, 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 you know, they've all grown up and, and things have changed now. And when I got married, I would have these discussions. And I said, I'm going to have a big family. But there are limitations. Um, how do I put it? If you read the book of Gideon, Gideon is had 70 sons. Okay. 70 sons, they were definitely not coming from one woman. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. Gideon, the Gideon in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, in Judges. Thank you. Thank you for this. So, so when, when I had this conversation, um, tan, tan, um, I've, I'd always said, okay, I have a big family, but I'm not going to, in my case, I said, I'm not going to make my, my, uh, my woman, um, no offense, very old and look all shabby because I want to have these all many children. She would rather be looking all as, as, as good and, and, and as, in a young age, my first wife has got four. And, and for her, I think it's, for me, from my perspective, I think it's, it's good enough for her. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want her having, you know, another child coming out from her and, and stuff. And right now she can concentrate on just grooming herself, you know, looking good, worshipping her God and, you know, all that stuff, other stuff. And my second wife has got two kids. Okay. Yeah. And my third wife has got another kid. All in all, I've got seven biological kids. And these kids have got three moms taking care of them. So okay. I'll give a good example. Um, when my babies, the, my four boys, my, my babies, when mm -hmm. they came out, there was there's shared responsibility. So my wife is she runs her own business, mm -hmm. but she she's sort of like uh, the way so our family is so intertwined is like we are helping each other. We're like this um, organization, if I'm putting it that way. Mm -hmm. Where if my wife gets into town, and um, um, she was, because there was a time uh, when all of them are breastfeeding, so if she gets into town, the other one is breastfeeding all the kids. Whoever is responsible is breastfeeding the kids. You know, so what I'm saying, that shared responsibility, where my wife, if she's in town, she's focusing on probably pushing this business and stuff, and this other one is a teacher, if she's going to school, things like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I don't know if you're answered. Somewhat. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't want us to belabor this point too much because we need to move on. Okay. Um, I think my next question, and I'd, I'd like uh, PC to come in as well on this right. one, is... <clears throat> I guess from a practical point of view, one of the concerns has always been, can a man adequately love multiple women, right? And, you know, there have been cases, you know, especially in our traditional uh, setup, right, where uh, a husband has his first wife, when the other wives now start coming in, there's conflict, there's competition because mm -hmm. husband is now paying atten more attention to the younger wife because, you know, there's all those things that happen. Um, um, just, yeah. to, just to come in, sorry, sorry, okay. Pastor. Sorry. So in Exodus 21 verse 10, God, the Moses, Mosaic law. Now, the reason why I'm continuing referring to the Mosaic law is because Christ didn't say, I've come to get rid. He said, I've come to fulfill. Okay. So if you look in Exodus 21, God was protecting the rights of the first wife. Because the Bible clearly says, if, you, if a man takes another wife, okay, he should not deprive of the first wife her realment, one, sex, and food. So God is already protecting the first wife. He knows there are some men, weak men out there that are going to try to take advantage to say, just because I'm now married to this second, I'm not going to take care. And God addressed it clearly. But isn't that an issue all in itself that he needed to, that the first wife even needed to be protected? Doesn't that show us that that could be? But also in that the book of law, there are, there are things that we, hygienic issues. Pastor, you concur with me? 
So if you are then going to ask me a question, did we really need to wash our hands? Did we really need to clean up? Then what does it mean? Because God is addressing social dynamics, things how to live, how men should address okay. their families, how men should, should wash, how should keep themselves clean. So there, those are things that Moses was putting into place to say, look, if you want a healthy family, mm -hmm. okay, this is how we are going to address. You wash yourself, you clean yourself. If, you are, if it comes to even issues that have to do with inheritance, God was protecting because he knew, okay, there's, there's a scripture in the Bible where God says, if a man, right, is, does not love enough his first wife, mm -hmm. he's supposed to give the inheritance of the firstborn to the first, he's... Uh, uh, all I'm trying to, all this scripture is pointing out to God living with his people, amongst his people. Okay. And all these dynamics that, that are from politics, hygiene, day-to-day uh, -day living, addressing, they're all in the Bible and they're all in the book of law. Okay. All right. Peace. So, um, thank you very much. Um, let me go back to something I said uh, mm -hmm. last week, that uh, my perspective is that polygamy, from Moses' perspective, is God making um, or legislating something that was not his original intent, right? So it's like a, a reality that's there that has to be addressed, not that it was necessarily a desirable. That's number one. Let's come back to your question. Is it possible for a man to love uh, one or more than one wife? I do not think so personally, right? In fact, if, if I go back into scripture, uh, and where we begin to see, particularly with the patriarchs, mm -hmm. more than one wife, we actually begin to see a number of challenges. Whilst I might be there as well, let me just put a pause there. I think the question must also be, can a woman be able to sufficiently love a husband, right? Supposing she is in a, in a shared setting. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm advocating issues of rights here, yeah. but remember, it's not the men. When we're talking about marriage, I think we must run away from uh, emphasizing the role of one party. Right. Marriage mm. is not is not a is not something with one person. That's good. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's got yeah. more than one person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when we look at it, we must look at it um, with a, with a bit of a broad perspective. Right. When you see Abraham, uh, as, as you've just cited, uh, the setup of Abraham number one, Hagar was not God's intention, and at one stage God Himself actually then ordered that Hagar be sent away. Right. Right. But what, what prompted the sending away of Hagar was not necessarily, at least if you read, the, if you read, um, if you read what you call it, um, the scripture, mm -hmm. what prompted the issue was that her son was mocking the child of promise, True. Isaac, mm -hmm. right? Which brought tension between the mother, right. this young boy, and then vis-a-vis -vis her mother, mm -hmm. right? So what I see from that, in fact, let me just pause it right then. Let me just skip Isaac because Isaac had one wife. And uh, no such uh, challenges. We get on to Jacob. Mm -hmm. Jacob, again, polygamy happened not by choice, but it was circumstantial. Right. The first <laughs> wife right, came in not because he planned to have Leah, but that um, she was uh, tricked into being his particular wife. Yeah. Then we get the one that he really loved. Mm -hmm. and, and you see a problem right there because the Bible says that uh, Jacob loved Rachel. Yeah more than he actually loved Leah. And the Bible notes that God noticed that Leah was unloved mm -hmm. and he actually stepped in to try to tilt the scales there. Now, I can continue going on and on and on and on. Here's my take. Yeah. And, this, and I'm speaking my perspective here. Yeah. I don't think uh, a man can possibly 
love more than one woman to the very same um to the very same level i don't think so i don't think it's possible for me to have more than uh uh one wife for instance mm-hmm. or to be in a relationship with with more than one individual right and uh, be able to give them the affection that i would give to one, uh, to to one specific person in fact i would i would suggest that if we are to um what you call it to do a research on people in such unions you always find that the scales are tilted in a certain direction even though everybody might receive some sort of love some sort of affection some sort of care and so forth mm-hmm. uh you you tend to see that uh, the scales are tilted in a in a specific direction uh, i want to bring back the issue of sex yes mm-hmm. <laughs> even even when you bring that particular aspect into a polygamous mm-hmm. relationship i dare suggest that sex is bound to happen more frequently in certain places than it would now when i come back, why, why i mention the issue of the woman now yeah mm-hmm. because look at it this way <laughs> there's a question i'd actually like to ask a man in particular just a man yeah let's 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 flip it for a second and just say to a man supposing god did allow would you be very fine with five of us sharing one woman am i right mm-hmm. supposing supposing god allowed right i'm going i'm going to come in yeah. suppose supposing by his providence mm-hmm. god says it's fine you know for women to be to be just one woman you know sharing five of us men mm-hmm. you know so now today she's uh, in my house or, <laughs> or perhaps today i am in her house and then uh, on wednesday uh, husband number 2 mm-hmm. is in a house on, on thursday I, i'm asking a practical question here mm-hmm. yeah. i'm not asking a theological question yeah. I, i dare suggest that none of us would be very comfy with having to share one woman if mm-hmm. we're more than one now look at it this way so there's there's more than one woman in in a relationship there's bound there's bound to some degree to some angle right to be some sort of um i, I don't i'm i'm failing to find the word but clamoring for attention mm-hmm. so I, i'm lacking a better word for now uh, yeah. or a desire for a certain level of affection of exclusivity yeah. from that one person yeah. Yeah. and i dare say again and i i dare suggest this as well to say that if you want to any woman in um in a polygamous setup right and and offer them the opportunity to be the the all and all in this particular uh, in this particular relationship no one would jump up immediately and say you know what No 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 no. I want us all tagadin. Oh, the many of us. Mm-hmm. I mean if you give a woman the 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 exclusive opportunity. You use the word exclusivity. We like exclusive things. Mm-hmm. Generally as people. If yeah. you give a woman the opportunity to be the one person who he keeps coming to every single day, the one person that they talk to, the one person that they share notes, the only person that they spread their love to, I I I am convinced that no woman would be would be averse to such a setup of course now what we're dealing with is reality mm-hmm. how do we deal with the reality of what's happening which is for me another another completely right. different uh, discussion but I, i i for one find it difficult for a woman or for a man to mm. be able to love okay more than one woman those are right. some very some very interesting uh, angles yeah. that that pc has I, i never actually thought about about that wow uh yeah so anyway gabe you can come in yes so 
Now I'm going to answer. I'm not going to. I'm just going to answer on the points that he was raising. So first of all, he says God's desirable plan. Okay, Adam and Eve. I, I refer, that's what you're referring to. Now, if it's God's original plan, okay, He created Adam and Eve, right? That means on the offspring, if it's God's original intended plan, on the offspring we should have had Cain and Cindy, okay, and then Abel and uh, Margaret. That's God's original plan, okay? Because if the same God who created the doves that are monogamous and the eagles that are monogamous, if you go to biology, they will have those kind of offspring. So let's address the same God who is the creator. Having to have Cain and Abel and sisters, many sisters. And is it the same God that we are talking about who's probably on leave and all of a sudden surprised that there are a lot of many women and all of a sudden few men in the world? Is it the same God? Because it's clear in the book, the scripture, that the Cain and Abel and Seth, right? They had many sisters and they intermarried then, okay? So if we are going to say, let's go back to the original plan, that means first of all, we have to be naked. Secondly, that also means that we are supposed to marry our sisters. So you could, you are not even supposed to look out there. You look for your own sister because that's goes from the beginning. So you look for your own sister, you marry your sister. I have many sisters in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> no, biological sisters. Thank you for highlighting that. So that means you go and marry your biological sister as it were. So I've given this dynamic to say, okay, if it's supposedly the same God who created Adam and Eve, are you saying God then disappeared from Eve's womb and all of a sudden he's surprised that girls are coming out more than boys? No. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to get your point. Yeah, okay. Then coming back to Abraham, because uh -huh. I said I'm going to say it in point form. We could go on along to explain the Adam and Eve story and mm -hmm. Seth and going down and why all the women came into place and why the, the guys were taking two or more than, okay? But for the sake of time, Abraham and Hagar, I was just noting down what you're putting. So uh, Abraham and um, the scenario of Ag Abraham and Hagar, are you saying from the Bible that I understand from Genesis to Revelation, mm. God is a man, God does not fear any man. And mm. if he's not happy about anything, mm. he definitely addresses it. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it's mm -hmm. absurd to say God sanitizes sin. If it was sin, how would God be helping for starters, Hagar was with the angel of the Lord. For those that read the Bible and study the Bible, the angel of the Lord would later find out it was Jesus Christ. Okay? The issue that's being addressed in the Abraham-Hagar issue, is a, that's a polygamous setup. Because if, if you go to First Peter 2, Peter, the apostle, when he was talking to the women, he said, women emulate Sarah. Okay? Now, why is he saying emulate Sarah? Because first of all, Sarah, if you read the Bible, she was surrounded by many concubines that Abraham was sleeping with. Okay? Sarah was not jealousy of Hagar. Okay? So let's remove this whole jealousy, what, what? Sarah was a woman of God. She endured Hagar's disrespect for 17 years until it sort of like overspilled to, the, to Ishmael. Okay? Because the first time Hagar is chased away, was because she disrespected Sarah. So, just to wait, cut wait, you there, wait, I'm trying I, to say, that's I, exactly the point that's, that's wait, coming wait, out. Wait, 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 wait before wait, you go. Right. The point is, the moment you have more than one woman, right, without so trying to look... The moment you have more than one kid. No, 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 no. Let me just come in. The moment you have more than one woman, mm -hmm. right, that is exactly the field that you're entering into, right? Mm -hmm. 
conflict, right? You open the. I mean, the point is there's a door that's being opened to what to conflict. Before before we look at whatever conflict it is, right? The moment you've got more than one woman, mm -hmm. the moment you've got um, uh, Leah and Rachel. Remember that the, 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 the world agree with me but uh, don't, don't answer before sorry uh, I might forget. Uh, when you say you are entering into conflict are you saying you are coming from a life of no conflict? No. Because we need to look at life all around. Mm -hmm. Because even in monogamous families I'm I'm yet to see a couple that will say you know what we're living so happily ever after like it's portrayed in Disney there's nothing like that there's conflict resolution there's so this Biblical scriptures we are reading on how to address. So, and in this regard, if I may mm. finish, if you are, allow me to oh, finish, sorry. in this regard, it's okay. Mm. I love you so much. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, in this regard, 30 uh, seconds, then, then all right. PCS, so, in this regard, just allow me. So, <laughs> so the setup is ad addressing um, respect. Okay, so for example, I'm just saying. Hagar had to respect Sarah. Otherwise, if she had not despised Sarah, she would have been thrown away. That's why the issue, and also if you look at another from a point of view, Abraham, that was God's first on test on the sons. God did not start on Isaac. He started on Ishmael. That's why Abraham was so pained that God had to come. If you read the scripture, it says God had to visit Abraham over the issue of Ishmael, losing Ishmael. Because Abraham was so, was so pained, but God was testing the heart of, 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 uh, of, of Abraham. And remember, this Ishmael that we are talking about that is being portrayed as a bad guy, he has the same anointing and the same calling that was sent. Because remember on Ishmael, God said, I'm going to multiply him and I'm going to bless him. On Isaac, he says, I'm going to bless him and multiply. Same, same arrangement. And God is the one, literally an angel of the Lord, who is Christ, if you read the scripture, is, walks with Ishmael in the desert, in the, in the, in the wilderness, okay. when Hagar left. So how does God... Would, if someone is going to ask in their common sense, God would have just killed Ishmael, he would have killed Hagar, but he didn't. He actually took care of Ishmael and Hagar until old age. So, the point is this, mm -hmm. sir. What, the point that's coming out here, mm -hmm. remember what God is allowing does not necessarily mean God likes. Ah. That's, that's number one. Where, okay. where, we, where, we, where we need to agree, Mfundisi, mm. is God does not sanitize. Okay. If he's not happy about something, let's, sorry Mfundisi, sorry to hold you. Sorry. Hey. So, David has 18 wives. Uh -huh. okay? In one instance, he loses two of his wives to the Amalekites. Uh -huh. okay? People are almost stoning David. Okay? Mm. He's in distress and God says you are going to recover. Mm. So who helps God recover his two wives? It's God. Uh, wait. But when, when there's sin, God appears through Nathan. And he, the words of a prophet says, Ingawan, I gave you all these wives. Why then sin? Okay? So... In this regard, it's very clear. If taking the women was sin, God should have just said it like he said it to but Sheba. Okay. Okay, so let me well, get well to noted. my... Yeah. So listen to what I'm saying. Listen mm -hmm. to the point. Okay, I'm finished. The point is the moment you have more than one woman, mm -hmm. right, there's a conflict that's, in, that's, that's introduced which would not be there if you were in, in a single setup. Mm -hmm. I like the issue of Abraham, which you've just raised. Mm -hmm. Remember, God said the son of the slave woman Mm -hmm. shall not have an inheritance that is supposed to be due to Isaac, mm -hmm. right? So th there was a very definite G interest. It's, it's also so, in Deuteronomy, sorry, just to hold you, mm. that case is addressed in the Mosaic laws. So, so where, wait, I remember okay. I mentioned... Wait, 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 wait. I need you to stop interjecting. So, 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 so the point I'm trying to say here is mm. this, right? The challenge you would have because you've climbed into an aeroplane is different to the challenge you'd have if you are walking. Okay. That's the point I'm trying to raise. 
right? There are problems that are associated with being in a plane, which you will never come across as long as you remain on the ground. Okay, so when we're seeing polygamy happening in the Bible, right, what I'm basically arguing or what I'm putting across to our hearers is, is basically God managing something he did not necessarily like. I like what you said. Why would he save? It's almost like a child um, born out of incest. Okay, God is totally against incest. You agree, yes. right? The Moabites are the children of incest. I think we all agree. Right? Remember, Moab is Lot's kids or children with his two daughters, yeah. the Amorites and the Moabites. Yeah. No, not only are they the children of incest, they then further rile God. I'm just trying to show you how God, how God manages things he doesn't necessarily like. Yeah. They further rile God by opposing Israel when it's going into the promised land. This is where now God, through Moses, says whatever you do, a Moabite must never enter the assembly of the Israelites because of what they did. Correct? Mm -hmm. Flip over a few pages and you get to a place where a Moabite woman is then grafted into the very royal family of God in the name of who? Ruth. You get the sense. So now, even though Ruth is in this, is in this equation that brings Jesus, it would be remiss of us or it would not be correct of us to then come back to say God's hands or God uh, God um, um, legalizes or God accepts uh, incest as it were. Like, so, so, so the point here is, is to say, the moment you have more than one woman, there are certain things you would experience that you would not necessarily come across with what? With one woman. What I would also be interested in discussing, all right, so for people in these setups, mm -hmm. how, do we, how do we best manage it? But um, really, in reality, or pract practically speaking, like I said, the same way every man would just want to want their woman, right? I, I believe personally, every woman would be at home and would be comfortable and would not complain, right, about having a what a husband. I'd mentioned the issue of sex, sex here, mm -hmm. because to some extent that must be a very critical, critical conversation. Yeah. Because I, I really like how we say, you know, um, how men, particularly in 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 uh, polygamous setups, mm -hmm. generally. Um, are content with the level of sex that they get. Right. There's, as far as I'm concerned, there's never really a conversation with regards um, how women in such setups oh. are also yeah. are also at getting taken care of. Mm -hmm. Right. So whilst polygamy can give us many kids, does it necessarily bring adequate sexual uh, satisfaction? Right. To the parties that are involved. Right. So we've got uh, David with his 18 wives. Uh, let's even move from David. Let's go to Solomon with his 700 wives. I was trying to do the math here <laughs> to say, okay, so Solomon had 700 wives. Let us assume, yeah, let's assume that Solomon had um, sexual relations with all 700 of them. Let's assume Solomon was even the man. And I mean the man physically. Let's assume he visited two, two women per day. It meant that it would take him probably close to a year, right? Wow. Just to, to, to have one sexual encounter with his wife, mm -hmm. right? And I'm trying to drive a point here. I'm trying to drive a point. Now, what are the likely, what's the likelihood for an individual of being sexually satisfied when you've got one person 
of being sexually satisfied when there are multiple sexual partners. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. What I, I'm just asking here, what are the, what's the likelihood? Right? The likelihood, as far as I'm concerned, is the one who enjoys all of them is likely to be more sexually satisfied than the ones who have to share one person. I'm just, I'm just looking at balance of probabilities here. To say, if, for example, so if, if one person is dividing women over a while, if I'm, if I'm going through the number of them, it's fine. It's okay. But remember, they're just having one shot at a given time as, as infrequent as, as, as I am. Right. So, so when you look at that part as well, again, you're seeing that the, the, the scales are, are, are not, uh, as far as I'm concerned, are, they are tilted. Yeah. So, and what am I saying? I'm just basically saying sex is more, <laughs> is more fulfilling if we just, the two of us, right? right? As opposed to the many of us. And I mean this for all parties. Yes, yes, Right, Mufundisi. Yes, I like the fact you to my address and your sex to women. Okay. Um. First of all, remember last in our last conversation, I said, what do you then do in this community monogamous setup? What do you then do to women that are out there that are not married or that are single and stuff? Because I was pointing to the sex issue. Mm -hmm. With polygamous, it addresses that, the issue of sex. Okay, so are we then agreeing today that even if what Paul was saying in the scripture to say young widows get married so that you do not what? Uh, tarnish the, the, the Christian faith. And mm -hmm. So why was it? Because sex is a need. Yes. Correct. Correct. So I'm happy that we've come around again to come to the point where I was addressing. That's why the Bible clearly would instruct for polygamous men to get even there. The women, not only because a polygamous man is in this understanding is the one who's allowed to get those sexually starved women and take care of. Now, to read this scripture, let's just, I know you're saying don't be theological, but let's, scripture is the basis. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 17, it says, but as God has distributed to every man, okay, God, the creator, mm -hmm. to every man as the Lord has called everyone, so let him walk. Then quickly, um, then uh, if you go to po polyandry, Mufundis was talking about, uh, let's put a scenario where men, uh, if, how many men, he asked you if you would want a wife and stuff like that. Mm. To answer, it's, it's, um, I was looking for the scripture, but because of time, God abhors uh, um, a man um, sharing a wife. It's there. If you read the book of the, the Mosaic law, the laws, it's one of the commandments that a man shall not Share his wife. Okay. Sorry. Mm. I, I really need us to move on because our, okay. our, our clock is like racing here. Right. Um, so I wanted us to quickly get into the issue of uh, just the financial aspect as well. Right. To say. Yes. Before. You exp uh -huh. Yeah. So on the financial aspect. Sorry, I'm going to sort of speed it up because of time. That's why even the prophet Isaiah in the time he says seven women are going to come to you. To one man. Guys, are you saying Isaiah, Abraham, all these guys are crazy? I don't think so. Anyway, in the book of in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah prophesies and he says seven women are going to come and want the name. Okay? Mm -hmm. If you read Proverbs 31, the woman there is she is she is she is she waiting for the money from the husband in the Proverbs 31 woman, P31 woman. No. She's an entrepreneur. She's, 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 she's doing stuff. You understand what I mean? So that's why I said earlier on, there's more to marriage than just, uh, I want my husband to be buying me food, to be taking care of me. Because in 
let me give a personal experience to answer you on the financials. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'm, I, I've, I've since moved from mainline uh, commitment mm-hmm. in terms of business. But my, my, the, the, the women that I'm married to, they're entrepreneurs. You understand? Not only the one is, uh, is a teacher, okay? So she, she teaches at, at a private school. The one is, is started her own business where she's running her own stuff. Mm-hmm. The other one goes to work and, and stuff like that. But the po- bottom line of what I'm, they are bringing each to the table. You understand what I mean? There's no competition on saying I'm fighting and stuff like that. So even the burden that you're saying, how are you going to manage all these women? Financially, probably, if, if I was going to be bold enough, I would say I can, I can do without going to work. Although it will be against also scripture, because men we have given a responsibility, eh? We're given a responsibility to manage to love our wives. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. And then, yeah, P- PC. I think you know um, maybe where where I'd kind of just need you to come in. You're you're someone who's in ministry. You deal with people all the time. Mm. You know, and uh, I know one of the biggest issues within marriage sometimes is just the whole strain that comes with uh, finances and. And all of that. So maybe you can also come in from... Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just going to say that finances in a polygamous setup will never be shared equal, equally for various reasons. I actually think that's probably one of the reasons why um, there may be certain tensions. Like I'm saying, for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay, because perhaps there's challenges, perhaps there's uh, affection or affinity, or perhaps there's whatever dynamics. Uh I'll come back to my, my point. Yeah. Right? Supposing there was one wife and four children, it's totally different to three wives, let's say, and 12 children, right, with the same pot. Because then how we look at how resources then are expended may be a point of conflict. This is what I'm trying to say. All right? Even if they be plenty, mm-hmm. right? Even if they be plenty, we've already got a potential point of what? Of conflict. I almost want to go back to some of the assertions we said, I think we mustn't um, equate a marital relationship, mm-hmm. covenant, to say brother or sibling relationships or professional relationships right. or whatever. There's a, there's a very specific demarcation between a marriage relationship, right? And um, how probably we would relate with other people, mm-hmm. as in the demands and the obligations at such a level. Wow, you gentlemen make some interesting points. There's so many angles and nuances to this discussion, and we can't possibly do it justice in this installment of the podcast. So that is all for today, unfortunately, but we will continue this discussion next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.